My name's Tom and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube, but this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and let's crack on. And we are live. Welcome to the Singapore Grand Prix post race chinwag my name is tomo you are here live on youtube or listening after the fact on all the only platforms or on youtube roll intro let's get into ah i'm excited to talk about this one how we doing everyone welcome thank you all for coming belinda adam joe jozo iasu sava david not james oscar physics talise dan kane seth william david ian mike Clue, Christopher, Gabe, Joel, Daniel, Crib, J. Lewis, Ben, Matthew, Felination, New Zealander. Oh, you must be chuffed after what happened yesterday. Jake, Connor, Danny, Eb, Olivia, hmm, Chloe, Tank, Nathan, Maximilian, Sava, Christian, Aidan, Howan, Splurge, Antonia, Amberred, David, Ferrari fan, Rohan. Welcome, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Ooh. Singapore Grand Prix. The night race delivered the goods. Did it not? Did it not? Did it not? And mainly because Red Bull were trash for once. Ha! It was a glorious day. Not because, oh, Tom, you're so anti-Red Bull. Ugh. No. Because it was actually competitive with other drivers, which is refreshing, okay? And to be fair, the race was more special because of how unaccustomed we are to this. Four cars within four seconds fighting for the lead. Should have been four. It was three in the end, but we'll get on to that. Wow. Crazy, crazy. Mad race. Lots to get into. A lot to get into. Um, yeah, 1.7. We are well within four seconds. Like, comfortably within a second per... Unreal. Thank you, Mandler, for the 39. Zar, justice for Yuki. We'll get onto him as well. Um, Karlama GP, one day. I do hope so. Would be fantastic to take a trip to South Africa for an F1 race. race. Would it not? Um, but yeah. So much to go on to. So, I mean, Steve, trash by their standards. Come on now, obviously not. Like, what would be trash if you is if you rocked up in a you know Mark V Fiesta, one point three eight valve, like I had my first car. That would be actual trash. Okay, but they were trash by their standards. Crazy, 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 crazy. Right, let's get into it. Let's first get a poll going. Um, race rating out of 10 and I'm not even going to ask in the live chat for rough numbers um, because I mean the, the top end is a 10 for sure um, whether you think it's a 10 or not it's up to you so is it a 10 is it a 9 is it an 8 or is it a 7 or less because of course the context of us getting a battle with a non-Red Bull car multiple non-Red Bull cars at the front did make it more 
interesting, more intriguing. Like this was going to be the first non-Red Bull to win a race all season. If there were two Red Bulls within the four, would it have still been exciting? Of course. Would it have been as tension-filled? Maybe not. The fact that all four cars who were involved, potentially in for a win, were non-Red Bulls was exciting. But what are we saying? What are we giving this out of 10, chat? What are we giving this out of 10? And a quick reminder as well to check this live stream out. If you're, if you're, if you're listening in your ears, a few, about, about an attempt for the audience I get on YouTube, listen audio only. But some, I want to increase that, you know? I, I want more, more, more people to not look at me. That's basically what I'm asking for you to do. So if you don't want to look at me, Apple Podcast, Spotify. All that, all right? All that. Thank you, Danny, as well. Thanks for always mentioning Kyle Armour GP. Good vibes from Cape Town. You're welcome, Danny. Um, yeah, no, I think it's... Look, if this if this sport wants to take that pledge of being truly international seriously, then at least have a race on every continent. Maybe not Antarctica. Sorry, Antarcticans, but let's at least get six of the seven. Seven continents? I think so. Um, but anyway... Come on, get your ratings in for this race. Is it a 10, 9, 8 or a 7 or less? If you've given it a 7 or less. I saw a few people. I saw a few of you. Maybe not you, but maybe you. On Twitter. Being like, this race was really boring. And you go on and all of them were Dutch. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's so funny. It doesn't matter who you are. Is if you're a Lewis fan, who's like this Max domination is unseen before and it's so boring, or if you're a Max fan, who's like, oh, it's so boring because Max wasn't at the front. <sighs> behave yourselves, will ya? All right, <laughs> behave, behave yourselves, please. Um, ah, look, we're, we're all guilty of it from time to time. You know what I mean? We're all guilty of a little bit of bias. Come on, we're fans. That's what we do. No, but we. But part of the part of the the fun for me is to like challenge my preconceptions and be like, oh, am I? Have I been um, corrupted by the narratives that you see online? You know, because we all get it. You know, we we all we all fall victim to it. So, and thank you, Leslie, for the five nine nine as well. Honestly, without the Alpine blowing its engine, the last four lap battle. Would have been a two out of t- mm, mm, Leslie, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Leslie. But look, you're entitled to your opinion. And I don't see a um, NED on the end of your name. Um, or an MV on the end of your name. So fair enough. <laughs> look, again, it was, it was influenced by... Look, there's many a race that's been a bit, eh, and then you get a safety car and it be, it comes alive. You know, that's that's part of the part of the unpredictability of Formula One, and part of what has made so many great races great races has been some random person shunting it and putting it into a wall or breaking down or whatever. And you take what you're given, you know, and and you adapt and you react accordingly. And I mean, on this day. It was a stinker from Red Bull in qualifying. And then when the safety car and the VSC did come, it also came at a pretty bad time for them. So, yes. Right, race rating out of 10. 5% of you have given it a 7 or less. Uh, eight, 23% of you have given it an 8. 
Uh, 48% of you giving it a 9 and 24% of you giving it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Well, look, for me, and I was honestly like, I watched the, again, it's really good that Sky Sports do the extended highlights. You might not be able to watch them actually because I think it's geo-blocked if you're not in the UK, so sorry. Um, but Sky Sports do extended highlights of the whole race, which is like 20-something minutes for this one. So I watched it all back this morning and it was good. Was it a 10? No. Was it an 8? I was debating between an 8 and a 9, but I gave it a 9. I decided to be generous because, because I think there were many levels to it. There were some quality battles, great overtaking. That cutback from Ocon on Perez was glorious. Great wheel-to-wheel, kept it clean. Ocon uh, Alonso as well, super, super close proximity. George defending, sorry, Lando defending from George, super, super close, kept it clean. Uh, not everyone kept it clean, and we'll get into that. Um, and then the crescendo towards the end of the race of George coming through, and then George crashing, and... If if it had been the other way around, would Lewis have made the move on Lando? He would have been more likely to make the move on Lando, I think. Whether he would have done it or not. Debatable, but again, we'll get into that. And uh, Carlos Sainz, perfect drive? I mean, I think, you know, Max has won a huge amount of races this year. And a lot of them have been fantastic. A few of them have been perfect. But this drive from Carlos Sainz, un unfaultable, unblemished perfection. D behind the wheel, in his head, he's playing the games, the games you had to play. <sniffs> Chef's kiss. Put it on pole as well. Carlos Sainz, very vamos. Very vamos. And you know what, like, I've talked about... the. I've talked on my belief that Carlos Sainz is somewhat underrated. And I did a video a few months ago. And I think these last couple of races, he's really come into his own. And he's demonstrating a level of performance and a level of proximity to Charles. Because Charles the golden boy, and understandably so, when he hooks it all up, Charles Leclerc is pace-wise, I think, quicker than Carlos Sainz when he hooks it up. But as a complete package, if you're giving me the choice today between Science and Leclerc as my driver, that's not, that would have been in the past, that would have been in the past, even, you know, start of this year, even though Carlos Science points-wise relative to Leclerc has been close, I would have gone Leclerc. But the consistency and the maturity that that man showed this weekend and last weekend, or last race, sorry, in Monza, Makes him one hell of a compelling driver, I tell you. I tell you. And all that those rumours of Audi sniffing around him. Ferrari, I, look, I said this in my my head-to-head -head tier list teammate debate video that I did last week. Um, that that balance, I think, is perfect. I think, look, it's been two great weekends for, for Carlos. So, very, very, very decent. Very decent. Um, but yeah, 9 out of 10 from me. And 47% of you agree. So there you go. And thank you, Prue, by the way, for the 4.99. As a Checo and RB fan, was glad to see some new faces competing for a win. Crime Stopper Carlos with the dub. What grade 
Does Minton give the race? Oh, well, we'll have to get Minton's insight a bit later on. Don't worry, Pro. We'll get Minton. Now that I've worked out how to put ad breaks into these live streams, I can, uh, I, I give you ad. No. Yeah. You receive ad and, wait, what? No. Basically, you receive, for Minton, you receive an ad. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. Let me let me squeeze you for every penny I can. Alright. <laughs> yeah, well YouTube premium is fine. <laughs> I'll get paid more from a YouTube premium view, I think. Maybe not. I think I do. I'm pretty sure I do. Bring on bring on the ads. No, don't worry. We're not we're not doing that yet. We're not doing that yet. Um right, cool, 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 cool. So nine out of ten, race rating, twenty twenty three Singapore Grand Prix, the race finished. As follows, Carlos Sainz ahead of Lando Norris, Lewis Hamilton with fastest lap, getting P3, Charles Leclerc P4, Max Verstappen recovers to P5, almost got Charles at the end, Pierre Gasly, P6, very clean, good recovery drive from him, Oscar Piastri, P17 to P7, fantastic recovery drive from Oscar, given he was caught out big time by Lance's shunt in qualifying, Checo recovered to P8, not great. Started ahead of Piastri, finished behind him, but also strategically, the timing of the safety cars for them two on their hard tyres was pretty tough. Uh, Liam Lawson, P9. Wow. Obviously benefited from, you know, Ocon and, and Russell ahead of him, losing out, but two points on the board for Liam. Oh, Pondon's here. How do you feel? He's, he's Kiwi, you know? They're, they're your rivals, aren't they? Aren't they? If you kind of parts that, if you parts that... Uh, you know, rivalry to one side for Liam. Is he a de facto Australian when he's doing well? And then he's a Kiwi when he's doing bad, right, Pondon? I reckon that's it. Um, K-Mag, final point of the 10, top 10. One point on the board. He was chuffed with it. You listen to his post-race uh, radio. He's very chuffed with that, given his qualifying performance as well. It's a classic Haas. Good quality, but falls back in the race. But at least he got a point. Oh, there you go. Grew up in NZ. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. You can, you see, you can enjoy both sides. Beautiful Pondon. And tell you what, the the Australasian, the oceanic, you know, area produces so many fantastic racing drivers. You think like what Scott Dixon, uh, Scott McLaughlin, obviously Liam, Daniel Ricardo, Mark Webber, there's like uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, like the list goes on. The list goes on. Bang for your buck. Tell you what. Tell you what, um, Alex Albon, P11. Ooh, yeah, Bruce McLaren, Jack Brabham. There you go. Nick Cassidy. Yeah. The list goes. Brendan Hartley. You lot forgot Brendan Hartley. Le Mans legend. Maybe not in F1, but Le Mans legend. Um, Jaguar UP12, Hulkenberg 13, Sergeant P14, Fernando Alonso P15. Ouch. Um, the lowest finisher of the finishers. I forgot to put the X's because I always forget something. You know, Denny Holm. Yeah, there you go. Mitch Evans, decent. Oscar Piastri. Oh, yeah, I can't believe I was saying Oscar. Lol. Um, Russell Bottas, Ocon Sonoda, Stroll did not finish the race for various reasons. Ouch. Piastri Eurasia. It was kind of like, no, you know what? It, it's kind of, well, we all saw what Martin did to Oscar pre-race. So I thought I'd just uh, return the favour. To to the forgettable was he? I'm joking, of course. Bless him. That was so funny. Did did we all see that by the way? Did we all see that um 
Brundle was like speaking to Piastri and he was like, he asked him, <laughs> he just had like a brain, like brain fart moment where he just asked us a question. He was like, Esteban, Esteban, happy birthday. <laughs> Too funny, man. Too funny. But there you go. There you go. That's the race result. Round 16, 25 points on the board for Carlos Sainz. 18 for Norris, 16 for Hamilton. So big point scoring for those teams in the end. Should have been more for Mercedes. Should have been more. Yeah, and Oscar was like, fine. You know what, Martin? Ciao. I'm out of here. All right, done. It was an incident. It was a, it was a, uh, it was an interv- interview shouldn't. Inter- in- yeah, doesn't really work. Right. So, driver standings, where are we? 15 rounds of 22 in. Max extends his lead at the front because he still finished ahead of Checo. Uh, an extra 10 points on the board for him. Um, positionally, so Hamilton moves ahead of Fernando. 180 points for Lewis Hamilton to Fernando's 170. Science closes that gap now. He's only, what, 28 points behind Fernando? 142 to 170. Leclerc's a good 19 points behind Science. Russell should have more points than that. There's been a few opportunities missed this year, I think, for George Russell, isn't there? Um, but there you go. There you go. Uh, Norris, yeah, Norris is close to Russell. Norris is only 12 points off of Russell. There you go. And then a big jump down. 50-point gap. 50 points between Norris and Stroll. Damn. Crazy. Gasly, 45. Piastri, 42. Ocon, 36. Albon, still 21 points. My guy. Should have been. Should have been. Really. Should be on 25. We'll get into it. Should We'll get into it. Uh, Hulkenberg, Bottas, Joe, Sonoda, unmoved. Magnussen gets a point. So he... Actually stays P18. He was P18 anyway. He's on three. And then Liam Lawson jumps. Sergeant DeVries Ricardo two score points. The best point scoring finish for AlphaTauri all season. Because Yuki's bought all three points, but before this race anyway. But they're all P10s. There you go. There you go. Um, and this is... Wait, what? Constructor standards, there we go. I double clicked and Red Bull continue to well, again, these close a little bit, but who cares? Uh, no movements in position. Uh, obviously, Alpha Tauri only five points off of Alpha Romeo. Those two points from Liam could could end up paying dividends in a pretty interesting way. So we'll see. Um, Haas, an extra point just puts them a little bit further ahead of Alpha Romeo, but otherwise, not too much change here. So not too much to reflect on from a constructor's point of view. Cool. Excellent. Right. Let's have a look at a certain. No, Hamilton win told you you're mad. Sava, you know full well, if he was ahead of Russell, that that win was on. Potentially. It would have been hard, but Lewis could have won this race. Definitely. He had the, he had the pace on those mediums at the end, but wasn't to be. There you go. Um, oh, thank you, Leslie, as well, for the Alex Albon fan. So I already complained after Perez's move, but I'm Dutch, so I'm sorry. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that. Well, actually, you know what? That, that's that, that that's a... So I'm going to start another poll. Why is it not letting me start a poll? Why are you not letting me start a poll? Let me start a poll, YouTube. 
Has it taken away my poll privileges? What's going on here? What's going on here? Oh, it's because I haven't entered the other one. Well, why that was that was why wouldn't it show me that? Right, anyway, right, that's that's that so. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wait until we get into it. We get into it. We'll get into it. Patience, everyone. Bangers and clangers. I put the poll out this morning. Google Forms poll, so YouTube couldn't get in the way of that. Um, asking you your banger drive, clanger drive, driver and team individually. So, for me, and again, I'll do mine first, so I'm not influenced by your awful takes. For me, it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, Clanger, for me, it's either Perez or Stroll. I mean, Stroll didn't even make the race because he shunted in qualifying, which is a big Clanger, but Perez took two people out. Um, so he's getting my Clanger drive. Banger drive, obviously, Carlos Sainz. Obviously, it was a perfect weekend. Uh, banger team, Ferrari, second weekend in a row. Look, yes, they kind of... <laughs> Leclerc... I don't think they could have done too much more with Leclerc. I mean, yeah, if they'd have pitted Leclerc when that VSC came out, but they didn't have an extra set of mediums. Mercedes did. They were the only team up there to have the extra set of mediums. So that wouldn't have really worked for Charles. So, you know, is what it is. Um, and Klanger team, Aston Martin, my goodness. Well, again, with Stroll's escapades, with Fernando making a mistake, going over the line, then coming back on, then taking the five-second penalty, then terrible pit stop. It was just clangor after clangor. And Fernando locked up, didn't he? He went straight, and there was potentially something broken on the car, maybe. I'm not sure. But either way. A very forgettable day for Aston Martin, Aramco Formula One team. Um, I mean, George, George for clangor, look, at the end of the day, great qualifying was was in before that VSC anyway. He was kind of prime behind science, and it's a it's a game of fine margins, is this sport? And he was on the wrong side of that margin. So those are mine: science, Paris, Ferrari, Aston Martin. Yours, pretty much the same. Um, one thousand six hundred seventy-seven of you voted. So thank you very much for voting. If you did vote, if you didn't, didn't see the poll, follow me on Twitter at Tuomo. Am I still Tuomo on Twitter? I'm not. Yeah, because it'll always be Twitter. Tuomo F one. Maybe I should change it to Toxomo. T X O M M O. Maybe I should change it. Don't think I will. Um. <laughs> Or subscribe to the channel on YouTube so that you uh, see the polls that I share on my community tab. So yeah, Banger Drive, 63% of you gave it to Carlos Sainz. 14% Lando. 13% Liam Lawson. 5% Oscar Piastri. Those are your Banger Drive top four. Clanger, 32% went with Checo. 24 Alonso. 13 Russell. 11 Sargent. How you lot didn't put Stroll in the top four of Clang and Drive is beyond me. Don't really get that. But there you go. Oh, Tom, Tom Ox. Maybe Tom Ox. Yeah. X just doesn't hit. I know, right? Elon just wants attention. Banger team. 52% of you went Ferrari. 27 Mercedes. 18 McLaren. And 2% of you. Shout out to the 2% of you went Haas. Haas point. Love that. 
Love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He he didn't start through his own misdemeanor in qualifying. So no drive, no. You can't yeah, you can't have a clangor if you don't get in the car. Technically speaking, actually, you can't drive you didn't drive the car. Actually. <sighs> Whose fault was that? Whose fault was that it didn't drive the car, alright? But I mean it didn't help obviously they've got they're shipping everything to Suzuka. So it's back to back. If there'd have been like a week break, maybe they would have tried to pull it together. But yeah, 200 IQ move from Stroll. There you go. See, all, all calculated from Sir Lancelot. Um, Banger team. Yeah, 52. Mo- oh, I've already, I've already read through that. Clanger team. 43% of you gave it to Red Bull. Understandably, given the precedent, the expectation, the standard they've set. Um, 39% of you went Aston Martin, 10% Alfa Romeo, 3% Alpine. Obviously, Bottas's car broke. Joe went pit lane to P12, so he did pretty good. He was a bit stiff by the, uh, the safety cars as well, but there you go. There you go. Stroll had zero mistakes in the race, to be fair. Well, so did I. I also had zero. I made as... Many and as few mistakes as Lance Stroll did in the 2023 Singapore Grand Prix. So, not wrong. I'm only speaking facts. Yeah, so so did Light Blue Cloud as well. See, see. I reckon I reckon most of you made as few mistakes as Lance did in that race. You know. <laughs> oh, brilliant. One day. One day. You'll, you'll see me in that car one day. One day. What's wrong with this cap, Chowdhury? Only W's. Only W's. All right. Take him with this cap. So, bangers and clangers. Done. Capiche. Let's move. Let's go team by team now. Let's break down the uh, performances from, from everyone. A little voice break there. Performances. Performances from everyone. Starting with Williams. Starting with Williams. So, uh, Logan Sargent, uh, out in Q1, in the race, hit the wall, um, fell to the back, caused a safety car. Apparently his pace was okay when he got back out and blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Look, people, oh, it's so unfair to be so critical of Stroll. He's still a rookie. He's only had 16 races. <laughs> Okay, that would be fine if you weren't getting Oscar Piastri being as close on pace relative to Lando Norris as he is. If you wouldn't have Liam Lawson in his third F1 race ever being as close on pace to Yuki Tsunoda and finishing in the points. Okay, That argument only flies when there are not examples and multiple examples of other rookies coming in and doing it and hitting the ground running straight away like Charles Leclerc did, like Lando Norris did. Like Alex Albon did in Torosso. He kind of almost matched Daniel Giviat in his first season. Not on points, he was just behind, but he was pretty close. So, yeah, I mean, I, the, the excuses, look. And again, many of you many of you watching will remember I was all in on Logan in F2 last year, right? 
I'm glad he got the opportunity. I'm chuffed he got the opportunity. But reality is, as much as I want him to succeed and do well, he's not taking that chance and he's not doing enough. And when seats are so such a premium in, in F1 at the minute, I would not be surprised and I wouldn't begrudge Williams from dropping him because they need they need more. They need more. You see the performances Alex is putting in. You know, think, all right, this instance, he should have been P8 if he didn't get taken out. And again, we'll go through the receipts for that. In Australia, if he didn't bin it on his own, which was his fault, but he had the opportunity, he had the potential, the speed in that car to get points finish there in Australia. You think all of the other times Alex has got really close to the points and maybe lost out through no fault of his own. Like, Sargent's been nowhere near. Like, what, he got that P11 in Silverstone? I think that was it. And Bahrain, his first race was pretty good. That's kind of been about it. And, ah, uh, I don't know. It, it's, there's not much more to say on Logan. Like, I, I've said my piece. Like, I, I think for a team like them, I, I don't think, I think there is plenty of justification for bringing someone else who is more experienced or more of a proven entity into that seat. But I guess we will see. We will see. Um, Yuki, Yuki was like this in his rookie year too. Yes, Callum. And he was lucky. Yuki was lucky. The, the, Yuki was given the time to develop and become better. Yes. And it's Alpha Tauri. It's a junior team, right? They are designed primarily to be a channel for young rookie drivers, right? To get them better. If you give Sargent three seasons in F1, he will improve. He will get to a good level. But can a team like Williams justify the patience to potentially have Logan get decent in by like 2025, right? If he's on the same trip. Like he's, his rookie season has been very similar to Yuki's, right? And Yuki's come good because he was lucky to be given the time. But they're different teams. Williams is an it, it is a sleeping giant trying to get to somewhere else. Yuki was at the Rebel Junior team when he was still a Honda driver as well, and the Honda backed. Like they're not the same, you know. So, um, so yeah, it is what it is for Logan. We'll see. Hopefully, he doesn't. Look, I'd love to see him improve, of course. But right now, I, th I think it's is it, not. His case is not strong. As for Alex Albon, running P8 and um, Checo. Alex was fuming. You don't typically hear Alex that fuming on the radio, but he was livid on the radio. He was like, oh, Checo's tried it a couple of times, cocked it up each time. And yeah, not good. I look. Good drive from Alex, given this is a track that they weren't you know, comfortable around. Obviously, with Russell Ocon retiring, that would have helped Alex get a really good point score in probably P8. That's kind of what he was thinking. Um, but yeah, let's... Uh, well, we'll talk about Red Bull next, but let's start with the receipts. Uh, exhibit A is... Uh, uh, so this is uh, Sergio Perez in the Red Bull. Uh, you can't obviously audio only people can't see sorry it happens um exhibit a uh, at the top is him sending it in on to uh, Alex Albon and taking him out coming from a mile back and just yeeting it in bosh and 
exhibit B at the bottom is him uh, punting it into Yuki Tsunoda, his kind of teammate. Kind of. Uh, and not just giving him a punch, because a lot of people were giving Yuki stick after being like, oh, he just retired the car. Well, first of all, the team literally told him, Yuki, you need to stop the car, pull it over, stop. So that's exhibit A. But exhibit C is that that's what the contact did to Yuki Tsunoda's uh, side pod. So he did have to stop the car. But there, there we go. A lot of broken carbon fiber being chucked all over the track. Um, not good. Not good. Not good. So yeah, Checo was on a bit of a mad one yesterday. Uh, not ideal. Um, obviously starting towards the back and severely damaged two races and didn't get any penalties. Oh no, he did, sorry. Wait, did he? Did Checo? Yeah, he got a five second, didn't he? He got a five second, which moved him from eighth to eighth. Look, all right. A five second penalty for these instances is ultimately, it's useless. It didn't do anything. But at the end of the day, that is the penalty for this kind of incident. So I'm not going to cry about it. But yeah, it didn't like, it didn't change anything. The penalty doesn't actually change anything. So, um, I mean, uh, you can't, again, it's the whole, oh, should a penalty, do, you know, if you've ended someone someone's race, if you've, I mean, look at how close Alex is to, to Liam Lawson. He's, you know, he's putting pressure on Liam, trying to get that position. And then obviously Checo decided to be like, nope. I, it didn't achieve anything, the five seconds. It didn't punish Checo, but ultimately that is the penalty for this kind of transgression. So... It is what it is, Rumham. Sergio played this one like an F123 lobby. Yeah. I saw many, many an F123 reference um on the on the timeline. It was uh Yeah, not great. Perez chose sorry, Sonoda chose to turn in and crash. He probably lost his seat now. You look at that bottom one, you think that's Sonoda's fault. Andre, we've all got an opinion, and you're entitled. You're as entitled to it as I am, but I'm entitled to vehemently disagree. But there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, Checo was just like throwing it in left, right, and centre. Be like, oh yeah, we'll just do that. We'll do it's a big one. But anyway, right. So we've looked at the exhibits. Yeah, shocker from Checo, nightmare. But you know what, like that red ball. I mean, Checo was only about a tenth and a half, I think, off of Max in Q2. So just both of them, no performance is a really good video. If, if you want a full deep dive understanding of why Red Bull was so slow, it's not the technical directive. It's nothing to do with flexi wings because that wouldn't be punished around a track like Singapore. Um, but there's a really good video from the race that I would recommend watching. Um, and they go all over what exactly were the contributing factors. You know, it's the bumpy, bumpy road surface played a big part in this. Um, their car is optimized. Essentially, the car is optimized for running super low to the ground because they have nailed their underfloor air. They've nailed their underfloor downforce, so the car's design fundamentally is based around it being low to the ground. But because Singapore is bumpy, you can't run it that low to the ground. So they had to raise the car up, which then just messed with all of the 
And again, they can't, they struggle to warm up the tyres anyway. They were better in the race. I mean, without, with some, with safety car timings being slightly different, Max is probably getting back onto the podium at least. Um, so race pace, they kind of recovered a lot of that issue. But yeah, it was, it was basically that, that kind of messed it up for, for the Red Bulls, which again, look, from a from a um, sporting point of view, it's refreshing to see someone else fighting at the top. But you know full well they're going to be back for Japan. You know full well that this has um, this has you know you, it's matadored the ball. You know what I mean? Like the ball's used to getting bang bang each time, and this time the matador's gone whoa, pulled out the little red cape. You know what I mean? Matador's gone past the balls. The balls fuming. The ball's fuming right now, and they're going to be back in Japan. No doubt. No doubt whatsoever. Um, yeah, that is a nice, smooth, nice high-speed cornery track. Max win 100% in Suzuka. No doubt in my mind. Fuming. Exactly, Luca. Fuming. They're going to eat good. They are going to eat good in Japan. And I really hope, because Yuki's had two immediate ends to his races in a row. Monza, obviously, didn't even make the start. This, you know, taken out by Checo, first lap. It is home Grand Prix. Could everyone just leave him alone, please? Just let him cook, right? He wants to open a restaurant, so let the man cook, please, I beg. Um, so, yeah, not a good day for Red Bull racing. Um, not much more to say there, really, to be honest. Decent recovery from Max. Um, in the end, and yeah, obviously AlphaTauri next. Yep, again, let let Yuki cook. Not much more to say about his race in the end. Um, man, Liam Lawson. Liam Lawson is giving Red Bull something serious to think about. Because my word, this kid is taking his opportunity. He is taking his opportunity. Unreal, just to finish in Zanville, let alone to finish, what, 12th, wasn't it, or something like that? Mad conditions, and he kept it clean pretty much all weekend. Kept it out the wall, which many a much more experienced driver than him did not. Unreal. Monza, quality. Quality yet again from Lillian Lawson. And then here in Singapore. Look, again, you've got to be there to benefit when others fall foul. And yes, Russell and Ocon would have finished ahead of him, and he probably would have finished P11 if it wasn't for their two misdemeanors in the end. But... He was there to capitalise and got the two points. And eliminated Max in Q2 by seven thousandths of a second, which was phenomenal. What a vibe. And what can you say? What can you say? So, Adam, what when you say Yuki knows he's out, he's given up. Well, no, the car broke through no fault of his own in Monza, and then he got taken out by Checo on the first lap. So, I don't understand how... Yes, there's been two non-finishes for Yuki in a row, but but that look at why there've been non-finishes, you know? No, I mean, to be honest though, to be honest, to say to your point, I think that yeah, Yuki's the one who's most in 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 trouble because it, you know, the rumors we're hearing we're hearing like Adidas being linked with AlphaTauri to like take over naming rights for next year. Uh, we're hearing obviously Hugo Boss is up there and potentially some other brands looking for um, looking for a way in. And I, I think if if I'm 
trying to put my objective hat on, right? Which I like to think I always have on, but maybe not. That if I am Red Bull, if if I if I am if if I am the ball that is red, as Cameron calls it, if I am um Uvidja, if I am, you know, senior personnel at Red Bull and I've got these two teams and we've just lost our relationship with Honda. We've just bro- broken ties with Honda. And we've got this Honda driver that is super Honda backed. And again, I'm fascinated. I would love to know how much of Yuki's is a Red Bull driver, but he's also a Honda driver. So who holds the cards? You know, is Yuki more affiliated to Honda? I believe so. I imagine so. That that Honda connection is the one. Therefore, if you're Red Bull and you're looking for the next, you know, driver alongside Max or whatever replacement for Max in 2028 if you're thinking super long term you know with Yuki being so close to Honda I can understand why you wouldn't you know want to continue to put your you know eggs in that basket almost and you look at Lawson and how well he's done in three races and be like you know what we, we, we own Liam he is a Red Bull driver no affiliation with anyone else so let's kind of consolidate and see what we can do with him. And Ricardo's such a huge marketing entity, you know, any, you know, Hugo Boss or Adidas or whoever comes in to take over that team would rather have Daniel in that seat than Yuki. So the logic checks out as much as I hate to say it, because you know I love Yuki, but the logic checks out from a from a business commercial point of view to move Yuki to one side to allow Ricardo and Lawson to be in that seat if you're going to keep Checo in the Red Bull, which it sounds like they're going to. Because again, from a marketing point of view and the the audience that, that Checo brings, um, the support that Checo brings to this sport is, is phenomenal. So as much as, I, as much as I don't like it, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, not, I would, I would understand it. I would understand it. So, but and also, obviously, for him to go to Aston Martin requires well, it requires. Please just drop stroll, my God! It's just. <sighs> but then, obviously, Fernando's going to be retiring soon, so I guess he'd probably fill in with Fernando. But it's just disappointing, isn't it? But like, I mean, Yuki should be yeah yeah. If if that's what it comes to, then Yuki should. For sure, if I'm Williams, if I'm James Faust, I'm I'm for sure picking up Yuki over Sergeant. Sorry, I am. They're like they're similar kind of age as well. Like Yuki's not that much older than Logan. And yes, again, the whole thing for Williams is that well, are we going to potentially lose Yuki to Aston Martin anyway? Why don't we just consolidate and stick with Star- Sergeant? But it's a balance. It's like you know. Sergeant's not done. He's not been as impressive as Piastri and Lawson. He's Lawson's been more impressive in three races than Sergeant's been all season. So, anyway, I'm I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked. I really hope Yuki doesn't lose his seat, but I kind of understand if he does. There you go. There you, Latifi, better than Stroll. Don't fight me. Oh, fine. I won't fight. I'm not a fighter. I'm not a fighter. All for Romeo. Oh. Yes, I mean, look, Joe had a good drive to P12 in the end. Uh, Valtteri had to re- uh, retire. He wasn't. He had an issue with shifts. The team told him to stop without shifting. So there was some kind of gearbox 
hydraulic. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, he had to retire from the race and he was, uh, he started on the hards as well, didn't he? He was doing the Verstappen Perez strategy and the car didn't make it. So this is what we take for granted with the Red Bull, that they will just finish every race because the cars just don't break. And again, that's what makes Max's 10 in a row so impressive. That was loud. Um, yeah, Joe's safety car. Yeah, the safety car was poor times, poorly timed for Joe, but it was poorly timed for a lot of people as well. So it's hard to say. It's pretty awful Romero once again. A lot of upgrades. A lot of upgrades for the AlphaTauri as well, which uh, Liam, I guess, kind of showed. He didn't really get a chance to show because those lovely new side pods were destroyed by Sergio Perez. But anyway, Alfa Romeo, not much more to say, as per. Haas. Haas, Haas, Haas. Well, look, at least they got a point. So I'm happy for them for that. But, oh, it's just disappointing, isn't it? It's just, it's, it must be so annoying to be in that car. Like, you just know you're just going to get eaten up every time. Um, to be fair, Magnussen, he proper fluffed up his braking, didn't he? And then he lost about, he seemed to lose about four or five positions in like three corners. Um, but actually, no, good qualifying from K-Mag. Both Haas in Q3. There's merit, there's, there, there is pace in that car. It's just getting it unlocked. And it must be doing their, it must be doing their engineers' heads in. Because they know they've got a quick car. They know they've got a car that can fight with a Williams and maybe even like an Alpine. Overlap. And then it's like, nowhere. That must be a pain in their backsides, man. Honestly. But good to see them get a point. Hulkenberg actually called it, didn't he? He wanted to come in for the VSC. And Haas said no. And he finished 13th. And the team after were like, yeah, we think we might have been able to get P8 if we'd listened to you. Sorry. Nico knows that man's got experience coming out of his every orifice and you didn't listen to him. That's a ass move, Hass. And that was potentially four points for Nico Hulkenberg. Could have been. Could have been four points for Nico, which would have been huge from a constructor's point of view. That'd have almost well, that's another third on top of what they've got now. So Hass strategy moment once again. Once again. Right. We're going to talk about McLaren next. But before we do that, would you like to see my sausage dog? I'm not, I'm not, not seeing much, much reply. Yep. Oh, okay. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. What? say no all right well what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go get him and you're gonna watch a lovely ad and you're gonna engage with the ads unless it's an ad that you don't like in which case you just pretend to get engaged with it um and i'm gonna go get minton right because then we can talk about mclaren with minton mcminton mclaren run ed see you in a bit bosh you might not be getting ads if you've got YouTube Premium, well done. Right, where is it? It's Minton. Do, 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 do. 
Right. What did we think of McLaren, Minton? What did we think of McLaren? Seth Minton plus McLaren plus my ad blocker equals me donate. There you go, see? Thank you, Seth. You are the MVP. What did we think of... Your breath stinks, bruv. Need to brush your teeth. Um, McLaren, what do you think? Did, uh, were you impressed with Lando's performance? Oscar Piastri, P17 to P7? No? Very good job? It's a bit rude. Minton, tell the people what you think. He's, he's not got time for it, is he? No, look, I mean, Lando was chuffed with P2 in the end. I saw a few people getting on Lando a bit for being so happy with P2, considering how close he was to P1. But given the delta between Norris and Science in pace, Lando was not getting that move done, unless Carlos made a mistake. That was the only way Lando was getting the move done, if he pressured Carlos into a mistake. And ultimately, realistically... If he hadn't have worked with science, if they hadn't have worked together, the Mercedes would have would have cruised past them both. So maybe not cruised past, but they would have got past on the fresher rubber. So yeah, realistic expectation for what was a was a tricky race to manage, but manage it he did. And well, we'll soon talk about the driver who clipped the wall and ended their race early, but Lando did the same, but never punished. So. You know, it, it it's fine margins and, and George kind of followed his line. Lando clipped the wall but survived. George did not. So there you go. But another unreal drive from Lando Norris once again. Um, I mean, he's just making an absolute habit of it. Piastri, obviously difficult having to come back from P17 um, given Stroll's incident. He was right behind it as well. He was uh, lucky to not, lucky to react as quickly as he did because... All of a sudden, you're going through the final corner around Singapore, which is not a slow corner, and there's a stricken Aston Martin in the middle of the road. So, um, yeah, all things considered, I think Piastri had a really good race. Shame, because, you know, if he'd have got top 10 qualifying, who knows where he could have finished in the end. He potentially would have been up there in that top five fight when Leclerc was still there. Um, that would have been cool, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, McLaren, man, got to be like super chuffed with that. And and the consistency is, is, is impressive as well, right? Because I mean, they did, they did all right in Monza. They did all right in Monza. I think that at the end of the day, they have a car now where they can extract good performance in most kind of tracks, especially these kind of high downforce tracks. It is the lower downforce stuff that they need to focus on. But again, they were nowhere at the start of this season. Is is not that distance part distant pass when they were both getting knocked out in Q one and finishing, you know, finishing where the Hasses are now, you know, so the turnaround is pretty phenomenal. But I, I think it's too late for them to catch Aston Martin. Um, it would take a lot of big point scoring finishes, but yeah, stranger things have happened. Thank you, Manlo, as well for the thirty nine star. Appreciate it. Look at how cute his ears are when they like when they when they come out like to the side. They're like super cute. Aren't they, Minton? They're super cute. Uh, yeah, the bus cooked. The the papaya bus cooked. What can we say? What can we say? And the special livery looked all right. It didn't look amazing. It looked good from the front. I do prefer it without the blue. That's about it. That's about it. Good boy. Right, Alpine. Oh, man. 
Esteban Ocon. I'm gutted for him, man. Like, all right, let's have a look at this 2023 Formula One season. He, is he retired? Is it six times this year he's DNF'd? I want to go through each time Esteban's DNF this year because I'm sure it's loads. So Ocon did not finish in Bahrain, in Britain, Hungary. Oh, it's fifth. This is fifth time. Britain, Hungary, Italy, Singapore, and then Bahrain. First race of the season. So in Italy, what was the issue for Ocon in Monza? I actually can't really remember any of these. Apart from Hungary. Oh, oh, in Australia, obviously, yeah. Because they were classified finished in Australia. So it is six times. They were classified, it was classified 14th, but it wasn't, um, obviously, yeah. You had both, yeah, that was, so Australia, they both got, they crashed into each other, which more on Gasly, but he was kind of in his blind spot. So certainly wasn't on Ocon. So Australia wasn't Ocon's fault. Singapore wasn't Ocon's fault. Um, Hungary wasn't Ocon's fault. Britain, he just broke down, didn't he? Bahrain because he got 30 seconds in penalties. Oh, yeah, that was quite funny, actually. That was kind of his fault. But that, that was also, I mean, yeah. Either way, Ocon's been mad unlucky. Like, this man deserves better. I'm sorry, he does. Are you right there, Minton? Is he very um, settled? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it could have been really good for Ocon. He was, he was having a great race. Again, his little battle with Alonso and Perez was, oh, glorious. Just gave Fernando enough room, got the undercut done on Checo. Obviously, Checo was on older tyres, but he still got the move done. Really good. Um, obviously, Gasly P6 does um, lick some of those wounds to an extent. Boy. But um, but either way, it was... It's a shame for Ocon, man. And like Alpine, Alpine inconsistency of, of just uh, reliability. They seem to be the main ones struggling with it. So, yeah. Not good. Not good at all but at least Pierre brought good points home so it's not all bad is it Minton it's not all bad little sleepy, sleepy sausage look at him Alpine descending rapidly it's, it's frustrating because they've got like I think they've kind of got equal inconsistencies to Ferrari it's just Ferrari's best days they're right at the front Alpine's best days they're kind of on the back end of the front pack but on Alpine's worst days they're Nowhere. They weren't particularly slow around here. They were just... You just can't rely on that bloody Alela Blue power unit to not go... What was the... Um, do we know exactly what the issue was for? Like, I know it was, you know, whether it's hydraulics or exhaust or whatever. Do you want to go out? No, my mitten's off. Do you want to go out? Are you going to scratch the door? Are you going to scratch the door and actually go out? Go on. Go. You doing? Anyone else's dog do that? You just like walk up to a door, scratch it. You want to open the door and then you just walk off. Matt, what are you doing? Go on, go. You just look. There's one thousand four hundred forty-eight people there waiting for you. Now you're just gonna stare. At me. Okay, cool. He's just gonna stare at me. Um. Anyway. Yeah, it's very badminton. That is. Right, go on then. You can get through that gap. You weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> my cats do that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, not much more to say on Alpine. Um, 
I wish them best. And I'm happy that I'm happy for Pierre that he had a good finish, but guided for Esteban because he deserved more from that for sure. Um, Aston Martin. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, Alonso's pace was okay at the start, um, but then he messes up, goes over the line, gets a five second. When he serves that penalty in the pit stop, the pit stop's terrible. Um, he went off later as well, didn't he? Like locked up and had to try to spin it round and kind of didn't almost hit the wall. Um, Stroll crashed in qualifying, didn't even make the race. Huge shunt, scary shunt. Like testament to the safety improvements of these F1 cars because my word, he hit that at some hell of a force, man. And just got out. And obviously, yeah, a bit shook up and decided not to race in the end, which I'm sure partly maybe because he's feeling it a bit, but also to repair that car would have been a huge job to probably like, almost certainly start from the pit lane. Well, it would have been starting from the pit lane. Um, yeah. And yeah, Alonso potentially had suspension damage as well. I saw a bit about that on, on Twitter. I'm not sure if that's confirmed or not, but yeah, just a, a bad weekend all around for Aston Martin. Um, nothing really, really went right for them. So, yeah, I've just, I've, I've kind of, it's starting to get a bit boring now with Lance. Like when there's so many sick drivers, who you just want to, I desperately want to see in the sport. And, and this is again, it's probably why as well my patience with Sargent's a bit drawn out as well because I'm just seeing all these like quality drivers in you know either xf1 drivers or or in other disciplines like doing bits and you see all these young drivers coming through who look like they're going to be really good whether we're talking like ollie behrman or tapo share or kimi antonelli or whoever i'm just like if, if these guys if a driver like stroll is still knocking about when these generation of drivers are trying to get in it's just a bit it's a bit dead in it it's a bit dead to me, but yeah, I know, I know, I know most of us feel the same. Look, I mean, it's nothing personal, is it? But at the end of the day, we just, you're, you're talking about sporting prowess and sporting achievement and he's not, he's not doing it anywhere near enough given his experience as well, because that can't be a, that can't be an excuse anymore. Um, you know, I, I feel like, is there much more, once you've been in a sport for, you know, six, seven seasons, you know, how much, like like F1, how much improvement is there to make? I think the gains beyond that are pretty marginal and then you get to a point where those gains are then going to start to reverse almost and go backwards and, yeah. But, I mean, that's a sport, isn't it? And it's always been like this and it's just, you know, you, you would hope that in this day and age, like, I'd love to see like a Patawa Ward in that seat or something. Honestly, I think that'd be sick. I think that'd be a proper little... Probably a little higher because I think Pato's quality. Um, I really do. Big commercial following as well for Pato being um, ex IndyCar and and you know being Mexican as well. Then there's a big appetite from the for the sport over there as we see from the way Checo's received. Obviously Alex Pelot's no brainer as well in it. But yeah, there you go. That's the mine. Day to forget. Someone who didn't have a day to forget though was Ferrari. Damn. 
Again, look, look, you don't get many. You might get someone dominating and winning lots of races, but to have such a perfect nailed on weekend and to take to take that race into his control like Carlos did and to, to have the confidence to, you know, the team played it well, you know, not driving too far away to, to try and get everyone running through their tyres and increasing their engine temps by running in hot air. You know, keeping that gap to George for most of the race, right, and 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 Charles, of course, as well. That's why they were kind of trying to get Charles to open up a bigger gap between him and Carlos, so that Charles' engine would not get cooked, but that George and everyone else's behind Charles would get cooked. And then obviously the safety car comes out and messes things about a bit. They have to double stack. Charles loses out. You know, like it, it, it's nice to see because I think there was a big concern a lot of us had, right? when Fred Vasseur came in that because, you know, he was ex-Salber when Leclerc was there in 2018, that he'd be all over, come on, Charles, I love you, up yours, Carlos, this is all about Charles Leclerc, but he has not been like that. And, you know, we've seen two races in a row now where they've allowed Carlos Sainz to, to lead and stay ahead and they've not enforced their right as a team to try and switch places around and they've which I think is important because I think when you've got two big characters like Carlos and Charles, and I think ultimately like Carlos deserved this and I think Charles, Charles will see that. And I think Carlos is, is a more, yeah, I think, I think Carlos is more likely to throw his weight around within a team compared to Charles. Cause I think like if he's, if he doesn't feel like he's getting treated fairly, but I think they've been very fair with them. I think they're two great drivers, really good drivers. I think Carlos is, is really showing a level, a step up, in these, I hope he can keep it going, but he's really showing a step up in performance and consistency, which is putting him on a. He's it's increased my and I think many of our perception of, of how good um, Carlos is and underrated is is a term that's been thrown around for a while, and I think people are starting to see that now. Um, how kind of complete he is as a driver. I still, you know, think ultimate optimum lap one lap pace. I think Charles has got him for sure, but. When you're looking at a whole package, it's like when I, you know, compare Prost and Senna, you know, over a lap, Senna, for sure. But the consistency Prost was able to achieve over his career, you know, that that takes other skills, not just one lap pace to, to deliver. And that's why if, if, you know, if I'm going for an all-star team and I'm thinking if who I would pick, I'd probably pick Prost over Senna, just because I think in... All those other ways, I think Prost excels. So, yeah, and Carl's got two poles back to back, of course, but that's two races. You know, we're looking at a, a complete, you know, body of work. Um, you know, Leclerc is still ahead of, of science in qualifying head to head, but it's very close. I think they're one of the eight, seven pairs now. So, yeah, and there we were putting in P13 in the mid team. I told you, David, I told you lot. When you put in P13 in the mid-table report and I put him like PA, I was like, you've put P13? Are you mad? I know he didn't have a great start to the season, but goodness gracious me. Shocker. Um, but there you go, you know. I think Ferrari in a really strong position. As long as they can deliver on an engineering front, I think they've got a really good dynamic between them two. I think they've got a really good dynamic. I think they just need the car now. And I think if they can get the car, then I think Ferrari, you know... The pieces are there. I think as a teammate pairing, them two, 
and Lando and Oscar are the two shining light pairs on the grid for me. If you're talking about working together to deliver a result. But yeah, uh, Carlos, bravo. And it wasn't your day, Charles, in the end, but he played his part to... to you you got to think like... Charles didn't hold up George and Lewis that much, but maybe that was enough to make a difference, you know? He did hold them up a little bit. Maybe that was enough to make a difference in the end. Because, I mean, George was super close to getting past Lando in the end. If, if, if Charles doesn't do his part, then maybe not. How did your fantasy team look after this race? I had no idea. I completely fell off fantasy. Just... Just doesn't just doesn't get me wanting to check it, you know, because it's just a another point of anxiety and frustration. That's why I don't do fancy football or F one anymore. It just it just annoys me too much. But anyway, the final team to talk about, we will talk about a certain Mercedes AMG Petronas Formula One team who should have been P three and four, could have been P one and two, on a different day maybe. Um, instead it was just a P3 for Lewis Hamilton and time for poll time for the poll that I was mentioned about doing earlier um, if if Lewis and George were switched when catching on mediums would Lewis have one I'm just giving you a yes or no because there's no time for nuance. Nuance? Ugh. Grim. Um, if Lewis and George were swapped when they were both catching up to the pack on mediums. Now, again, important caveat. So, when George stopped for mediums, when he came back out, he was about... He was about 30... 17 seconds behind Carlos? Something like that. But either way, that's double stack. So Lewis was about four seconds behind George, right? On the mediums. Both pit for mediums. Both go out. Lewis, of course, closed that gap by the time George had caught up to the back of Charles Leclerc. Um, but from everything we could see, I think Lewis managed those medium tyres better through that phase, through the phase of catching Leclerc, passing Leclerc, and then pulling up onto the back of Lando Norris's gearbox. It was pretty clear for me that Lewis did a better job of managing his tyres through. And therefore, if the roles had been reversed, would have had more tyre to attack Lando. The question is, would Lewis have had enough of an offset? Because they were talking about, like, what, two seconds? You need about two second offset to actually get a move done around Singapore. And obviously, with Carlos playing the strategic DRS game, to keep Lando within the DRS to defend himself. Because everyone's, oh, he did it because of his, his his friend. No, Carlos did it for himself. Because if Lando is defending from the Mercedes, the Mercedes can't pass Lando and therefore can't pass him because he doesn't have anyone to DRS toe off of. Um you kind of you create you create an artificial DRS train, which was so like so big brain from Carlos, and he absolutely nailed it. I think. Well, I, I, I think f when you say where, what is the proof of that, Frank, in terms of Lewis being quicker than George, well, just look at the look at the gap Lewis relative to George in that phase between them pitting and them catching up to Leclerc. 
Like that gap gets smaller. You can see when George is all over the, when George is behind Lando. Lewis is, if anything, there's 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 big chunks of that battle where Lewis is closer to George than George is to Lando, as well. And then of course there is George binning it, which, look, it's. It's easy to get on George for this, and understandably so, and rightly so, right? George had a big opportunity, couldn't quite get the move done on Lando. He tried. Carlos made it very hard for him. You know, P3 would have been a great result for him. You know, Lando apparently scraped that wall as well. George, it's, it's centimetres, if that. It's, it's tiny margins, and George just clapped claps a little bit too much of that wall with his rear right straight off Lewis got fastest lap as well true and that's it and bear in mind this is Lewis doing it yeah he's getting a bit of a toe from George but he's also getting George's dirt yeah so but yeah I mean obviously you could see afterwards George was absolutely inconsolable um, you got a feel for him of course of course and look this is this is top tier motorsport like the highs of, of Brazil winning last year, the lows of, of this, the lows of, you know, Williams when he uh, shunted under the safety car in Imola. You know, even, I mean, George has had some pretty low lows, to be fair. Like he's, he, what, he had um, Secure as well, where he should have won that race quite clearly. And then Mercedes balls up the pit stop. Um, like, and then he got a puncture. Like, Mad, mad, he's had his fair share of bad luck as George, and this one was on him. It's so fine margins that it's like it's tough to really go at him too much. But look, he's still young; it's a learning experience. He'll be back. Um, you know, Alex had a shocker of a time at Red Bull, and I think that's really helped him grow as a driver and develop as a character and become, you know, one of the more highly regarded drivers in F1. Obviously, I've got to find a way to talk about Alex. But I think George will do the same. You know, I think that... Oh, there's someone at the door. Hopefully, hopefully Hannah can get that. We'll see. We'll see with George. I think it was always a, a risk that... Um, yeah, I'm puncturing quotation marks. It's always a risk, like having two drivers who are... You know, George has, has shown he's prepared to kind of be quite... Almost quite selfish, which... Again, I can't really hate on him too much for, but he isn't prepared to be the Bottas to Lewis that Valtteri was. Um, so having them two, you know, the amount of times they've tripped over each other, you had obviously Lewis push, George pushing Lewis wide, which, I mean, Lewis was carrying so much speed. You know, would he have made the corner? Maybe. Um, I think it was, it was probably right that he gave the position back. I did kind of agree with that because he was just carrying a ton of speed. Um, and Lewis and Carlos were talking about that post, but look, I think I don't know. I think I think that I think Mercedes obviously on the mediums had really good pace and could, could well have won that race, but I think it was Carlos Sainz who, who made the difference. I really do. It was Carlos Sainz's race management which denied them the win, denied them probably a one-two, maybe a one-two, um, and got him his second race win in Formula One. Thank you, Dan, for the one ninety nine. What if LH didn't have to give place back lap one? Well, yeah. Look, if 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 Lewis was ahead of George again, 
from the fact that Lewis had fastest lap, from the fact that he seemed seemed to be quicker than George um, coming through. Look, is it a guarantee he still gets that move done? Not at all. Because again, Lando would have had DRS, so would have been able to defend um, like he did on George. Would Lewis have got that move done? Maybe. I think he would have had a better chance, but you can't say any more than that. I've seen some Lewis fans be like, oh, he definitely would have won. That's cap. He definitely he wouldn't have definitely won. Would he have had a better chance at winning? Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I don't think no way either, TJ. I don't think that's fair. I, I think I think given how close George did get, the fact that Lewis had more pace in hand, I think of course he had a chance. He would have had a chance in this theoretical, hypothetical scenario. But anyway, um, if if Lewis and George were switched when catching on mediums, would Lewis have won? And it's a very even split. 48% of you think yes. 52% of you think no. And I didn't give you a nuanced um, option. So, ha. Huh. But of course, there's delu- there, there is delusion in sport cars. And that's, that's, we're all a bit guilty of it from times. And, you know, that's why you've got, you take in everything. And then you form your own opinions. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you what to think. That's just what I think. And if I hear a good argument, um, else elsewhere for for an alternative perspective, then I will hear it. Okay, I will always hear it. Thank you, David Harrison, for joining friends at Tomo. By the way, appreciate it. Um, and thank you, Mandla, for the free hot dogs. Love that. Cool. Right. I think we are about done about done now before you go there is a link in the description also there is a link in the top of the live chat to my video i put out yesterday just after the singapore grand prix i went to williams the launch of the golf livery that they did which i think looked pretty sick i think most people seem to think it looked pretty cool i really like the williams livery i thought i thought it was pretty decent this weekend and i got to have a little look behind the scenes see the show car chat with ed scott who's head of creative at williams talk all about the livery process and the design so if you like my livery redesigns, I did my own redesign, obviously. If you like my videos like that, go and check it out, okay? Link in the live chat, link in the description down below. So there you go. And thank you, Yusi, for joining Friends of Tomo as well. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, no video this week. Again, I put the video out last night that is kind of functioning as this week's video because I'm away um, this week with Hannah and Minton. We're going on a nice little, nice little three-family break. Just the three of us. Um, and I won't be back till Friday. So my si- my J- Japanese pre-race chinwag won't be uh, until Friday. So, sorry. Um, it will be kind of after practice one and two, the pre-race chinwag. So no pre-race chinwag on Thursday. But it will be here Friday. So, yeah, I'm going to finish this and I'm going to upload it to all the only platforms. And you're going to make sure you've liked this video on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. And... You comment down below if you're watching this after the fact. Um, Mizuno, because that is the brand of my my little golf um, glove that I have here. M-I-Z-U-N-O, Mizuno. Do it. Make it happen. Um, thank you for joining, everyone. Appreciate you all taking the time. Thank you, Carlos, Patrick, Mr. Breadman, um, Sam, Tim, New Zealander, Rosie, Defon, Walter, Peace, Adsay, Moses, DH, Steve, Lolly. Uh, Shabby, Charmander, Chloe, uh, Christopher, Sophia, Defon, Ferenc, Tim, Cena, Fury, Jozo, Christopher. Um, yeah, you won't see me this week, but 
next stream on Friday, Japanese Grand Prix, where almost inevitably Red Bull will be back. But well done, Carlos. Very vamos of you. Very vamos, Carlos Science. Um, see you next time. Pleasure as always. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.